Thank you, Carl Henrik, and good morning, everyone. Thank you all for coming along today, and thank you very much for supporting BP over the years. Before I review 2012 and look ahead, let me add to Carl Henrik's words and describe BP's journey over a slightly longer time frame. 2010 was the year of the tragic accident in the Gulf of Mexico in which 11 of our colleagues died. That caused us to look afresh at everything we do in BP, not only safety, but also how we create value in a way that is sustainable now over many decades. After the accident, 2011 was a year of recovery and consolidation. We put in place structures and systems to further embed safety and operational reliability. We created a new and powerful safety and operational risk organization. We restructured the upstream part of our business and we set out a very clear 10-point plan to grow value over the medium term. The year 2012, as we promised, was a year full of milestones. As we set about delivering that program of change in the company and delivering our 10-point plan. Looking forward, 2013, this year, will be a year of execution as we continue to build financial momentum in the company. Then 2014 will be a year of real delivery, by the end of which we plan to achieve an important objective which we set out in that 10-point plan, which was to increase the operating cash flow generated by the company by over 50% over 2011. That assumes an oil price of $100 per barrel, which has some uncertainties, but it is above that now. Beyond 2014, our vision for BP is to continue to grow as a safe, focused oil and gas company with a high-performing, cash-generating downstream organization and most of our capital investment going into a pipeline of high-quality upstream projects. And we can identify around 45 major projects in total between now and the end of the current decade. And we'll need to prioritize those very, very carefully. That's the big picture. That's the broader canvas. But fundamentally, it is about making BP both a safer and a stronger company, but also a sustainable one. So how do we put that plan into action last year? I'll start with our progress on safety, as that is our top priority. I'm going to tell you that tragically, during 2012, we did suffer four fatalities in our operations. There were two in vehicle accidents in the UK and Brazil, another resulting from a fall in India, and another from a compressor station incident in the United States. We're committed to learn all we can from those incidents, and our thoughts and our condolences are deeply with those who lost their loved ones. And while I acknowledge that these tragic events, we've worked hard to make our operations more systematic and to introduce more checks and balances on what we do. On the positive side, our safety record showed some significant progress. You can see here on the chart behind me, the left hand shows how our recordable injury frequency rate is on a downward trend. On the right chart, you can see the decrease in losses of primary containment, as basically leaks. And you can see the decrease in the most serious process safety incidents, something we call tier one events. 
Now, the chairman has described the milestones we passed in 2012 in the U.S. and Russia. But more broadly, we've also reshaped the entire portfolio to build a platform for growth. And we started up a series of major projects. And I'll just give you a little more detail. Now, many of you may be asking why BP is continuing to invest in Russia. And I'd like to give you three reasons. First, as a company, we prove we can create great value for shareholders through our work, as we did with TNKBP. That successful investment the chairman mentioned was based on applying, I think, our distinctive strengths, particularly in managing giant fields. And over the eight years to 2011, TNKBP's reserves rose by 50% and its production by 40%. Second, there's the future potential of Russia itself. The country already has the largest reserves and is the largest producer of oil and gas combined in the globe. And it also has the greatest potential. It has over four times the combined oil and gas reserves of the US, for example. And third, there's the potential of Rosneft itself as a company. So with the addition of TNKBP, Rosneft now has a huge portfolio of fields, oil and gas, it has refineries, retail networks, as you can see here on the screen. Given our experience of large-scale mergers, we've been asked to help integrate the two sets of assets, and I'll be joining the Rosneft board. As shareholders, you stand to benefit in at least three ways from that. Growth in the value of our own share in Rosneft, 20%. The dividends paid to us by Rosneft, as well as any ventures that we undertake in Russia with Rosneft in Russia or outside of Russia. So I believe we've turned a bit of a problem in Russia into a real opportunity. In the US, too, we've been moving forward with the important settlements that the chairman described. Our current focus is our involvement in the civil trial in New Orleans related to the 2010 accident right now. We're putting forward our case this week and have confidence in our legal team. As we've said previously, we do not believe we acted with gross negligence and believe this was a multi-party, multi-causal accident which has been affirmed by every official investigation. And we have faith in the US justice system to deliver a fair outcome. Meanwhile, we've kept our word to the people on the Gulf Coast. We've supported environmental research, provided funds for the tourism and the fishing industry. And in total, we have made payments of over $32 billion related to the accident and the spill. So as well as these developments in Russia and the US, we've been working to make BP even stronger all around the globe. We're following some very, very simple principles to do that, which is don't try to do everything and play to your strengths. That's why we've been divesting non-core strategic assets, and we have been investing in areas of strength. And those areas of strength, I mean oil and gas exploration, operating in the deep water, managing giant oil and gas fields around the world, creating what we call gas value chains by operating world-class downstream businesses. You do that by deploying advanced technologies, and you cannot do it without forging strong relationships around the world. We reached that 
$38 billion target for divestments shown here on the slide at the end of 2012. We reached it a year ahead of schedule. Now this has significantly increased the quality of the upstream portfolio and BP while reducing its age and complexity and the risks that come along with that. In fact, if you look at the divestments we've made since April 2010, we have sold around half of our upstream installations and pipelines, and about one-third of our wells around the world, but only around 10% of our approved reserves. The assets that remain are high-quality ones that we can apply our strengths and generate some sustainable growth. And in 2012, we started up five major projects. Two of these are huge. Let me tell you a little bit about them. PSVM in Angola, it's the largest subsea development in the world in Africa. It's the largest one in the world and the deepest one in Africa. And it is expected to reach peak production of 150,000 barrels of oil equivalent a day. Just to give you some idea of the scale, here is its footprint compared with the M25 motorway around London. It's quite an extraordinary project. And it sits in very deep water. The water depth is equivalent to six Eiffel Towers standing on top of each other. And you can see the enormous complexity of the advanced engineering involved here. And then this one is called SCARV. It's a SCARV development in the Norwegian Sea. It's also a massive operation with a technologically advanced vessel that's built to withstand very rough waters and expected to peak in production at 165,000 barrels a day. In the downstream of BP, it's a similar pattern. We have divested non-strategic assets such as refineries in Texas City and Carson in the US. We've invested to maximize the quality of our refineries in other places retail networks, petrochemical plants, and lubricant product lines. And the major upgrade of our Whiting refinery in the US Midwest near Chicago is on track to start up in the second half of the year. This has been a once in a century modernization to enable that refinery to process Canadian and other heavier crudes. Now similarly, in lower carbon energy, while we continue to build gas value chains, of course, offering a lower carbon alternative to coal, and commercial businesses in advanced biofuels, we've made a decision to divest non-strategic assets such as our wind business, where we believe others can generate more value. Now, looking to the financial outcomes for last year, our after-tax profit was 17.6 billion, compared to 21.7 billion in 2011, the year before. This reduction was in our plans, and it reflects the circumstances of BP at the end of last year, and that included two one-off impacts. The first one was the short-term effect of the $38 billion of divestment programs on production, which reduced our cash flow and profit by roughly $5 billion in 2012 over 2011. 
And second, the fact that we were unable to record any income from the T and KBP venture in Russia after the 21st of October because its status was something we call being held for sale because we knew we were in that process. Now looking ahead, as I mentioned, we have a pipeline of around 45 potential high quality upstream projects during the rest of the decade. And we're particularly focusing on four areas. The North Sea, the Gulf of Mexico, Angola, and Azerbaijan. And we expect around half of our operating cash flow as a company to come from those four places. Then there are further eight locations around the world where we are also very well established, including the Middle East, the Asia-Pacific region, and Trinidad as examples. And as an indication of their quality, the projects to be started up over the next five years will have average unit operating cash margins roughly twice the 2011 average. So we expect the operating cash flow to reach around 30 to $31 billion in 2014, meeting that objective of achieving more than a 50% growth on 2011 on a like-for-like -like basis. Further ahead, we have very promising portfolio of exploration leases. Since 2010, we've been awarded many new licenses around the world that cover a combined area roughly twice the size of the United Kingdom, which is a vast area to explore. And we have secured more exploration acreage in the last two years than we did as a company in the nine years before that. And exploration is, of course, the lifeblood of a company. I would ask you to see BP as a, a plant that has been carefully pruned. Right now it's a little smaller, healthier, stronger. It's in much better shape for future growth. And the green shoots are already coming through. And on a final point, I've talked about making BP safer and stronger. But there's something more fundamental that I want to share with you something I learned early in my career working in the North Sea and other places, and it is that both safety and strength, in fact, come from a single foundation. And that single foundation is one of truly systematic working of your operations, having the same high-quality processes and the same disciplined way of working, whether you're in Alaska, Angola, Azerbaijan, or Australia. But of course, those processes don't work and they don't achieve anything unless they have the right people to implement them, people with the right mentality and the right behaviors to operate in that way, systematically. So we therefore continue to put two things right at the heart of the company. And the first is something we call our Operating Management System, or OMS, which provides a single, consistent framework for all of our operations. And then the second thing, very fundamental are our values of safety, its respect, its excellence, its courage, and one team, and the behaviors behind those that can be brought to life. And this is not just management speak, because I have been quite humbled to see the way that people across BP have looked to these values as a touchstone, even in our darkest hours. 
Let me share with you one of the hundreds of messages of condolence that were sent by BP staff after the brutal attack in Algeria in January, where four of our colleagues, four of our employees, along with 36 colleagues from industry, were murdered. And that employee wrote, I know that words cannot replace your loved ones, but I wanted you to know that my heart and prayers are with you. The courage and one-team response that everyone has shown is an example for the world, and I'm very proud to be part of the BP family. Now, that person spoke for all of us. Our thoughts remain with the families and friends of those who lost their lives in January and all those affected. The incident tragically underlined the risks we face as we perform that vital task of delivering heat, light, and power to communities all around the world for their development and their growth and their prosperity. But I know of no one ever, no one better able to perform that task than those who work for BP. It's the BP family, as they have often been referred to in recent months. We have truly great and talented people. They've shown great resilience and dependability. The board and the executive team are deeply grateful to all of them. Now, in closing, if I may also add my thanks to Byron for his many years of service. Byron has worked for nearly 20 years on the executive management team of BP. His wise counsel to all of us, his friendship and enormous contribution to BP over his long and very interesting career, which has been full of great variety. Thank you, Brian, very much. And let me once again thank all of you here today for your support. I hope that you will leave here today confident that your company is on the right course. It's in good shape to safely deliver energy for customers and sustainable growth for our shareholders. Let me say that again, very thank, thank you very much. And I think at this point, I'm going to turn it back over to Carl Hunter.